boundless love and mercy. Hi there. I'm continuing in the books, book of Acts, and I am going to be uh, reading and teaching from Acts 5 today, from Acts 5, 12 through 16. And I'd like to read it to you first, and then we're going to look at it verse by verse and consider what God is telling us through these verses. The apostles heal many. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colony. No one else dared to join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them. All of them were healed. Word all. <laughs> this is a magnificent passage talking about the increase in yet another thing because of the Holy Spirit being in the disciples. And that is the increase in the healing ministry. And, you know, I want to say this on the outset of teaching about this is that we don't see an ending to this in the book of Acts. We just see more and more and more and more and more. <laughs> and so when you hear sometimes some people tell you that healing was something in ancient days, we don't have it now, we don't need it now, we have the Bible now, or any of that kind of sentiment, turn away from that. Because the truth is, healing was in those days, it is now, and it has been doing nothing but increasing. And we can grab a hold of that and tap into that, too. So I want us to go away encouraged and excited to not only ask for healing for ourselves and our minds, body, our minds, our bodies, and our spirit, but seek to help others, because there are so many who need healing. And so many who are afraid right now and need to hear the message of healing through Jesus Christ. So let's look at it verse by verse. And I'm going to start with Acts 5.12. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. Uh, some translations you'll see that Solomon's colonnade. Some they call it the portico and some they call it the porch. For that, but it's basically part of the temple complex. There's uh, there were areas like uh, walkways, and so what it's telling us is that the disciples didn't go off somewhere in secret, hiding out to practice their ministry. They were right there in the temple, coming to them, and so right there they were teaching. Right there they were healing. They were continuing to be extremely bold to do it in this location. But it was an appropriate location, right? This is the house of God. And God had said, my house shall be called a, a house of prayer for all nations. So there they are, and they are 
being bold <laughs> in your face, you might say. Now, Acts 5.13 tells us that no one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Now, what's that about? Why were people not willing to join them? And I, I read in that, I hear in that, not willing to join them right there in that locale in the temple in Solomon's colonnade. People were reluctant to go there. And undoubtedly that was because the apostles were receiving so much opposition from the leaders. They had already been arrested, released, warned. You know, these sorts of things were already happening to them. And so I'm sure a lot of people were frightened to publicly be seen with them, even though they loved them and highly regarded them. They were keeping it secret. They were like the silent majority in Jerusalem, hiding their true feelings, their true thoughts, and their loyalty to what the disciples were doing. But there was a second thing that we hear, we see, we read in the early part of Acts chapter 5, and that is that there were two deaths, Ananias and Sapphira, a husband and wife who... um, trying to keep up with the Joneses. They had seen people like Barnabas sell property and bring the proceeds to the apostles and say, use this for the church, for the community. Now, Ananias and Sapphira sold their property, and they came to Peter and said, you know, one at a time they came to him and said, you know, we sold everything, and here it all is, and we're just giving so generously, we're giving everything to you. And turns out they weren't telling the truth. They could have told the truth. They could have come in and said, we sold it. We're keeping this for ourselves. We need it. But here's a gift for the... They chose not to. They chose to compete, and they chose to lie. And both of them died. And Peter said, you have lied to the Holy Spirit. I'm certain the people were in shock and um, were re-understanding the... Fear of God, the necessity for knowing that God is God, and we need to to be honest and have integrity before him. So probably those two things, the opposition and seeing this event happen to those two people. So some are afraid of coming close. But it says in Acts 5.14, nevertheless, more and more men believed in uh, the Lord, and they were added to their number. So the the church community is growing. It's increasing. Now, what was the issue with meeting right there in Solomon's colonnade? Why was that a problem? Because we we read in this passage a little further along, there was a problem that the Sadducees became very jealous. It was a problem because here the disciples are right on the doorstep, you might say, of the leaders of Jerusalem, of the Jews, and they're doing something very different, and they're becoming very popular because of it. N.T. Wright, the wonderful Christian leader who um, I believe he still is the Bishop of Durham in England, but uh, he's written some commentary books on Acts. And in it he says, just imagine, you know, you have this great um, symphony hall or opera house, you know, we have Kaufman, uh, Kaufman Symphony Hall here in Kansas City. He says, imagine you have this glorious place with symphonies, operas, and, and uh, all kinds of events 
where glittery people walk in. But there's now a ragtag band <laughs> that's outside right on the steps. It's open and they're collecting dollars and crowds are gathering around them and not going in anymore. So that's kind of what was happening at this moment in the temple. The people were pulling away from what they saw as empty ritual, empty words, and a lack of care for the people. And they were moving toward those who followed Jesus because they saw life and miracles and truth and transformation. So that was what was happening, uh, having this group right there in the temple in Solomon's colony was a problem and it led to jealousy from the leaders. But because of the wonderful things that were happening that were being done, more and more men and women were coming to believe. And in Acts 5.15, we hear this. Because of the growing beliefs, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Wow. (laughs) If ever there's a testimony to increase, that's it, right? That Peter now could just walk down the street. And because of the Holy Spirit so filling him, walking with him, manifesting on him, he was leaking Holy Spirit right and left as he walked down the street. And Holy Spirit was touching those people. I mean, just trying to imagine this picture of all these beds and mats in the marketplace and people coming from towns around Jerusalem in order to be helped, in order to be touched in some way by Jesus through the apostles and the, and the followers of Jesus. It's an extraordinary picture. Now, you and I know it wasn't Peter's shadow. <laughs> it was Holy Spirit in Peter that was touching those people. And you've probably heard the expression, um, don't be a thermometer, be the thermostat. <laughs> that saying being said to us Christians sometimes that we need to set the atmosphere and shift the atmosphere by our beliefs and by our uh, our practice of those beliefs. So Peter was doing that. He was walking through the marketplace where those beds were and full of Holy Spirit, full of passion for the Lord that spilled out from him and people were touched by it. We're going to, as, as we continue in the book of Acts, if we were to sit here and continue and read through it, we would hear of the time where Paul would just touch handkerchiefs and aprons and they would be taken to people and those people would get well. It's amazing the physicality of healing from the Lord, the way in which touching something touched can sometimes make people well. I, um, for a long time, was part of healing rooms here in Kansas City, and people did request.
we lost each other. <laughs> You want to start it over? Okay, one second. Let me, um, I tell you what, let me stop the feed. Actually, uh, let me think. Yeah, let me stop the feed. I was part of a healing rooms ministry for many years here in Kansas City. And sometimes we would just take little pieces of cloth, anoint them with oil, and pray over them. And people who wanted to receive, receive them, we would send them to them. And many stories came back of people saying, you know, I felt so blessed by receiving that, and I really was touched by the Lord, and I was healed. There's a way in which these things really carry power. And, in fact, I'm going to tell you some stories in just a moment that are just amazing of how God works to do healing in the same way that it was done in the day of Peter. Um, the stories I want to tell you are from a man named Chris Gore. And Chris is the head of healing at Bethel Church out in Redding, California. And I went out there for a healing conference several years ago, and Chris had just released a book um, about walking in the supernatural. And he told us a story, some of the stories that are in the book, um, and one of them was this. A healing, uh, a school of healing, I guess it was, there were people that had come from all over the place, not just people from their church, but people from other states, maybe even other nations. And they were gathered in a class, and Chris began to teach about the woman with the issue of blood, the woman who came up behind Jesus and touched him, touched the edge of his robe, his, his cloak. And um, talking about that, and he was standing in front of the students, and he was standing in front of a man, and he said, you know what, this doesn't make sense for me to be telling this story to a man. I really should be telling it to a woman. So it will seem I'm really acting it out, and I'm being like Jesus, and the woman is like the woman in the stories. So he took a couple of steps over, and he stood in front of a woman student in the class. And he began to talk about the story, and he began to say, if you really understand the Greek, Jesus didn't just say, go in peace. He really said, go into peace, step into peace to the woman. So Chris taught that, and a couple of days later, a woman came up to him, and she's just a young woman, 18. And she came up to Chris, and she said, Chris, do you remember me? And he said, what? He said, do you remember me? I was in the class. The other day. I was the one you, you told the story. You stood in front of me and talked about the woman with the issue of blood. And so Chris said, oh, yes, of course, I remember now. And she said, well, guess what? She said, I'm now healed from polycystic ovarian syndrome. And he said, how do you know that? And she said, I could just feel it. The doctor had told me several years ago that I would never have children. She said, I've never had a monthly cycle. But she said, after I was in class and you talked about that story, my cycles began. <laughs> he said, wow, that's amazing. 
And when they returned to class the next week, he had her tell her testimony. They spoke about that having happened. And so another woman then said, that's marvelous. And she began to rejoice over this young woman. Turns out she also had a similar condition. And in her celebration of the healing, she was healed. After this, Chris was leading worship one night. And a young woman came up afterwards and she said, you know, my mother died 18 months ago and I was in so much grief that my body almost shut down. And she said, what sh one of the things that shut down for me were my monthly cycles. But she said, I was in that class. And when you told the story about the woman with the issue of blood and when these other two women got healed, I also was healed. <laughs> and Chris says that on and on these stories continued about people, women, having been healed in the class or then have, having healing occurred when they would hear the stories and the testimonies. So the stream of healing continued. There were some women who had the opposite problem. They were like the story in Scripture. They were like that woman. They had uh, heavy bleeding and great pain and that kind of suffering. And they said, we were healed. <laughs> as we heard the story in the class or as we heard of it later on or in worship. So when I came to this healing conference, Chris said there have been 34 women who have heard the testimony. They were in the class. Some way they're connected, but they all have gotten healed of a similar kind of issue involving this part of their body. And Chris said the most amazing thing, and this is I wanted to get back to the physicality of touching things sometimes, Chris said he was out in a grocery store in the uh, area around the church, and he went into the deli section, and he picked up a Greek salad, thinking, I might buy this for lunch. He set it down and uh, chose something else. But standing near him was a young, a young woman that was in the healing class who didn't have the uh, courage to come up and say, hi, Chris. She was kind of shy, but she was standing nearby, he walked away. She went over and picked up the same salad he had looked at, took it with her, and she, who had been suffering a similar problem to all these other women, was healed. Because Chris, full of the Holy Spirit, touched the salad box, and then she touched it, or was it she heard stories in the community? Either way, it's amazing. But... I wanted to tell that today as we think about Peter in a shadow. That instance of powerful healing is not a thing of the past. We also have the privilege of experiencing that for ourselves and for others because there's nothing but increase in the book of Acts. It just continues to snowball the healing, the miracles, the boldness, everything. And there's no line when you get to the end of the book of Acts that says, it's done. <laughs> there's nothing there that says it's stopped. We have increase. The thing that stops it is, is our, um, our lack of understanding how much the Lord loves us and wants to work through us. You know, when we realize that he wants um, to work through us as he worked through Peter, and he's so willing to do that. That's the key. 
We're carriers of heaven. We're glory carriers. And the Lord wants to work through us as surely as he worked through Peter in the same way. So that we can walk into a room and healings are happening. (laughs) We can go into a worship service. And as we praise and worship the Lord, healings happen before there's ever a prayer line, before there's ever any hands laid on someone. But because we help spirit to be released, um, the same things can happen today. And that's hallelujah, <laughs> right? I love that. I love having those things happen. Being a part of it, receiving it, it's amazing. So, To continue with this passage, all the the, the crowds that came and they came from around Jerusalem and they brought their sick and they brought those tormented by impure spirits and all of them were healed. And that's a powerful line that people tormented by impure spirits. Many, many people are suffering and they need to know that God still heals. We need to share that message. We need to share that ministry, that he's still healing. Verse 17 says this, and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. Peter was filled with the Spirit, and these men sadly, through their resistance to God, were filled with jealousy and they put them in the public jail but during the night an angel of the Lord opened the doors to the jail and brought them out wow (laughs) go stand in the temple courts he said and tell the people all about this new life some uh, translations of that say tell the people the full message of this new life I used to have that on business cards Acts 5.20, go and tell the people the full message of this new life. And the full message is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ saves us as we believe in him, what he did on the cross, dying for our sins, rising from the dead, vindicated as the Son of God, giving life, resurrection life to us. Jesus saves us in that way. But Jesus also saves us in this life in so many ways from those things that torment us, from the ways that we suffer. The healing ministry is still powerful. It's part of the full message. Jesus, by his stripes, we are healed. It says that in in the scripture that this is also part of the atonement. So it's something we can expect for ourselves and we can expect for other people that this is something that we have a birthright for. So the full gospel is salvation. It is healing. It is miracles. It is signs and wonders. It is a life of courage and boldness. And this is what Jesus died to give us. And so we give thanks for that. So I would like to pray for all of us. So in Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone who's watching this, everyone who's hungering for healing, 
who needs healing in their own body, in their own soul, who needs it for a family member. Father, I pray that you pour out your healing and your miracles in their lives, that you give them comfort and peace. You help them to uh, have a rise in their faith, that they have an expectation that this is your heart, that you want to touch their lives and, and bring wellness and wholeness to them. And Lord, I pray for all of us that we would see that these stories have been kept in Scripture for us so that we know they're for us too, that this way of life is for us that we can be the ones who walk through the marketplace, (laughs) through the Walmart, (laughs) through the Target, through whatever store that we live near in our neighborhood, through the streets. We can touch people with your healing, sometimes just by passing by, but sometimes in encounters where we talk or we say, hey, I like to pray. Can I pray for you? Help us, Lord, to bring the reality, the truth of healing to the forefront again, Father. Let it be something that people know us for as Christians. They perform healing. They speak the gospel. And wherever they go, signs and wonders follow. In Jesus' name, amen. He gave his only son Who became the sacrifice for everyone God's mercy so amazes me. Oh, God's mercy so amazes me.